Hi, I'm Dave Kelch. And I'm Warwick Johnson. Welcome to Cinema Stalgia. Where we rewatch movies from our childhood and see if they really are great or if time has passed them by. It's time to get nostalgic with your old pals Dave and Warwick. From Independence Day to Platoon, Cinema Nostalgia is starting soon. Yes, Cinema Nostalgia is starting soon. Have some fun with them, they're watching movies. From stuff that makes you laugh to stuff that's spooky. You want to listen well, don't have a cow. Cause Cinema Nostalgia is starting now. Yes, Cinema Nostalgia is starting now. Now, Dave and Warwick, come on out, take a bow. Cause Cinema Nostalgia is now. Hey everybody, uh, welcome to Cinema Nostalgia. This is our first episode. How's it going, Warwick? It's good. Dave, how you doing? I'm doing good. This week, we are actually doing a movie that Dave picked, which is Top Gun, The Sexual Awakening of Michael Bay. Uh, Top Gun, Top Gun. So uh, why I brought this movie to the table is, for our first episode um, is because this is definitely one of the main movies that I remember watching a lot from my childhood. Um, my father was a pilot. That wasn't his profession. He was more of a hobby pilot. It was recreational for him. Flew with small single engine planes. But still, pretty much any movie that involves aerial combat, be it World War II, World War One, modern era, um, that's definitely straight up his alley. And so I remember seeing this film in the theaters and then pretty much as soon as it was available on VHS, we definitely went out and picked that up and uh, watched it many, many times. There are a lot of, a lot of weekend <laughs> viewings of Top Gun. It's definitely one of those that I remember a lot. Nice. Uh, actually, th- so this is going to be good because this is now my third time watching it when we just watched it. Uh, the most recent time that I'd seen it before we watched it for this episode uh, was back in 1999, which was my <laughs> freshman year of high school. Uh, so it had been like 16 years since the last time uh, that I had seen Top Gun, and uh, there was a lot that I did not remember about it. So, uh, <laughs> so it's going to be good. Yeah, I mean, I think for me too, it had actually been a while, uh, probably about seven or eight years since the last time I'd seen it. Cause it's definitely one of those that I don't own it, but if it comes on TV when I'm flipping channels on the weekend, after you know, when I'm not doing anything, I'll just be like, oh, Top Gun. This is soothing and reminiscent of the past. I can just lay on the couch and watch this movie for a little while. It'll be good. It's your Shawshank Redemption movie. The one, because Shawshank Redemption is always on cable television. (laughs) So every time you go through it, I always stop and I'm like, oh, where are they? Oh, he's getting beat up by the sisters. And then I end up like watching the rest of the movie from then on. So, yeah, nice. Uh, Well, so Top Gun came out in 1986. It was directed by the late, great Tony Scott. And it starred everybody's favorite Scientologist, Tom Cruise. Uh, It also featured the worst Batman of all time, Val Kilmer. Uh, The bald dude from ER, uh, Anthony Edwards. That's correct. And from Top Gun, Kelly McGillis. Yeah, I I mean... (laughs) She's been in stuff, but, like, not really. I I looked at her IMDb page, and I was like, um, yeah, I've seen you in Top Gun. (laughs) And and that's kind (laughs) of it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, it's So it's interesting, though, because this is, I'd argue, one of the movies that really launched Tom Cruise's career. Oh, for sure. And he is, like, a baby in this compared to, like... So young. 
compared to like I just Mission Impossible Five, uh, Rogue Nation, which I just watched recently, and he's you know significantly older now because it's been a long time. He is a child in Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some scenes where I mean. I think before this, the, the biggest movie he was in before Top Gun would have been Risky Business. And yeah. he's like even more of a child in that movie. Because he's playing a teenager yeah. in Risky Business. Yeah, he actually plays Risky a teenager business. in that yeah. one, which I think he probably wasn't far from being a teenager in Risky Business. So, but yeah, I mean, Top Gun, it's just, when we when we just rewatched this, it's like uncanny how in some ways he like hasn't changed at all. Yeah. But in other ways, he has. And it's just very, very odd to go back and think about the mega star that he has become. Yeah. Well, based on kind of this movie is one of the ones that I think really, you know, kickstarted his career for yeah. sure. Well, he's got Xenu to harvest souls for him. And I think that helps yeah. keep him young, too, because uh, the dude is like in his 50s and he still <laughs> looks like he looks better than I do. And I'm 31. I'm like, damn it, Tom Cruise. Yeah. But it's funny because Tom Cruise's career got launched because of Top Gun. But he was not the first choice. In fact, I don't even think he was, like, right. the 10th choice. Uh, here's a brief list of people that turned the role of Maverick down, which is Matthew Modine, Patrick Swayze, Emilio Estevez, Nicolas Cage, John Cusack, Matthew Broderick, Sean Penn, Michael J. Fox, Scott Bayo, and Tom Hanks. All turned the role of Maverick down. Oh, I'm just trying to mentally picture some of these like michael j fox <laughs> marty mcfly right flying f-14 tomcats shooting down migs and uh, flipping off ruskies yeah i yeah. mean come on i i mean there's actually a part of me that wants to see that movie i want to see that movie and i also kind of want to see the one with nicholas cage you know what <laughs> But Nicolas Cage in the 80s is a very different Nicolas Cage. I'd like to see Nicolas Cage now do Top Gun. I'll tell you that. I think he'd be great as Maverick if they wanted to remake it. Uh, the one that I would have loved to have seen, though, was Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze as Maverick would have been amazing. Yeah, I think that one, that would that could definitely be a good one. And, and you know, those are the people who turned down the role. Yep. Some other people who were considered for that role are Charlie Sheen, Jim Carrey, Rob Lowe, Kevin Bacon, Eric Stoltz, and Robert Downey Jr. Oh, man. Eric Stoltz did not have a very good stretch here because he lost out the role of Marty McFly and then he didn't get picked for Maverick and Top Gun. It's like, right. ah. Well, and, and there's a couple of those other ones. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey <laughs> as Maverick? Uh, that's another... The, out of just morbid curiosity, I want to see that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, and Robert Downey Jr. basically got to go on and be, you know, Maverick, but just as a superhero <laughs> yeah. with Iron Man. I mean, really, because he's dangerous and unpredictable. And... After basically ending his career. And, yeah. But but that, that's, that's a story. Robert Downey Jr. is a story for another time because there are probably some movies that we will get to involving him as this podcast goes along. Honestly, even if we just do Back to School, just so that we can do, <laughs> just so I can do, bust out my Rodney Dangerfield impression. There you go. But let's get into Top Gun. Oh, Top Gun. The movie itself. So the movie starts out in the Pacific Ocean. Or no, sorry, actually, the Indian Ocean. Yes. Because that makes sense that the American military would be stationed in. Well, I mean, you've got that whole China, Southeast Asia, gotta, gotta, gotta fend off the communists. Because, I mean, that's one thing to remember. 1986, you know, for 
you know, some of you listeners out there who might be younger, and this is a period of history that you didn't live in, and this is the height of the Cold War. Yeah. So, um, we are so smack in the middle of the Cold War that uh, the Russians are the faceless bad guys yeah. in this film. And I say faceless because we never actually see their faces. They're in, like, super tinted visors in their flight helmets yep. anytime we ever see a Russian. Um, and that's what starts off the movie is that apparently MiGs are flying around and the Russians are where they're not supposed to be. Right. And it's just so funny because they set it up, you know, it's all like jocular and everybody's just hanging out in their jets as they're on patrol. And then, uh oh, we've got MiGs. And oh, and for record, these are not MiGs. No, everybody. <laughs> they're very much not MiGs. They're just American planes that they painted black. So, uh, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, of course, height of, the, height of the Cold War. The Russians aren't going to be like, oh, sure, here, have a couple of our planes to blow up. Um, but it's funny because, so they're based off of the, the USS Carrier Enterprise. And uh, the commander on that ship is the principal from Back to the Future. Ah, uh, yes. The famous, one of the famous character actors, James Tolkien. Yeah. And he's basically playing the exact same character. Oh, no. He is he definitely is, playing the exact same character. He is the principal of Back to the Future if he was on an aircraft carrier bossing around pilots. Like, that's all it is. So, like we were saying, it makes me even more want to see the Marty McFly version <laughs> of Top Gun. Because then it would just be... Too many worlds colliding, and my brain actually might explode. I feel like they had to fire Michael J. Fox. He kept yelling at him, like, McFly, get up there and save Iceman. Yeah, and so the Mings come in, and uh, it's up to Tom Cruise, basically, to scare them away. Yeah. Uh, and his wingman, Cougar, is apparently the best pilot that they have on the Enterprise, and he gets really rattled by this. Like, yeah. he's so scared that he can't land his plane, and they're, like, running low on fuel. Yeah. Well, and then you've got the famous thing where, I mean, he's basically, the MiG is on his tail and gets the missile lock, and the guy in the MiG is honestly, he's just fucking with him because they're not going to start an international incident. Right, right. <laughs> that's that's for the climax of right, the movie. Right, exactly. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Spoiler alert, everybody. There's a dogfight at the end with more MiGs. Woo! Yeah, and I can't imagine this movie ends without like some sort of giant world war breaking out because of what happens. Right. But we'll get there. <clears throat> but yeah, so, I mean, yeah, Cougar loses his shit because he basically has missile lock. He's got a picture of, like, or his wife or something, and he's just had a baby, and he's freaking out because he's never seen his child. But uh, Maverick eventually does some fancy flying, does the famous scene where he uh, goes upside down above the other MiG and basically flips the guy off while Goose... Anthony Edwards mm -hmm. would be Goose. Tom Cruise is Maverick. I don't know if we've mentioned that yet. Um, and Goose is like Maverick's co-pilot. Yeah. And Goose gets a nice Polaroid of the event. Um, but that like display of flying, getting their planes so close together, freaks the MiG out enough that he bugs out and goes home. And then they're all good, and they, they head back to go land. But yep. like we were saying, Cougar kind of loses his shit and doesn't think he can land, so Maverick goes back out to get him and basically bring him home. As someone that played the old uh, NES game of Top Gun, oh God, that where game. <laughs> ev like literally everything about the game was easier than landing the planes, like it didn't like you could shoot down as many Russian planes as you wanted to, but as soon as it came time to land, 
nobody could do it. So I'm not I'm not actually like giving Cougar a hard time because if that game is oh, at no. all accurate, I'm like that's the most nerve wracking part. That's what's going to kill you. Well, and based on everything I've read and things that my dad and I have watched, that is the hardest part. Like the dog fighting, everything else about like naval aviation, that's all you know hard. But yeah. the landing on an aircraft carrier, especially at night, is probably the hardest thing you ever have to do as a pilot. Yeah. Uh, so they eventually do land because Maverick flies next to him and calms him down. So they get they get on there, and uh, Cougar has to drop out. Cougar's yep. like, I've had it. I've had enough of this. This is my favorite part. He's talking about his newborn baby girl, and he's like, I've never even seen them. So I, he's talking about his child, but I was just like, them? I mean, like, he's not talking about his wife there, too. I'm like, you've seen her, right, Cougar? We don't know. We do not know Cougar's bedroom games. Yeah, like, it could be like a cuckolding thing. Who knows what's going know. on or, here? Or it just blindfolds all the time. <laughs> blindfolds. He's never seen his wife before. They have a baby, oh. but he's never seen her. He's never like seen that. her face, at least. He's maybe seen other parts of her. Yeah. But um, So with Cougar dropping out, uh, and actually it's interesting is that Cougar's uh, co-pilot that mm-hmm. sits in there was not it was the one and only Tim Robbins, which oh. is insane because he's in the movie for like I don't know thirty seconds, oh, yeah. and it's just like well obviously he wasn't like a big deal then, but I was going through the cast list and I was just like Tim Robbins was Merlin, and it's just like that's insane. Um, but so Cougar drops out, so that leaves Maverick and Goose as the best pilots they have, which earns them a ticket to Top Gun Flight Academy. Yep, at the Miramar Naval Station. Yep. And this, and at background, this is a real thing. Yep, it's a real it place. It is a school where they send the naval pilots to learn about dogfighting, basically. And, uh, and that's uh, definitely a real thing. Um, it still exists, I think, to this uh, day. Pretty sure, yeah. I mean, it's it's still still in operation. Operation. There, yeah. that's, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, and actually, uh, it's funny because apparently they charge people. The staff will charge people five dollars if you say a quote from Top Gun. <laughs> so, like, it's like a fine that you have to pay if you say it's Top like a Gun. Swear jar. Yeah, it's like a swear jar, or it's like any pottery class where if anybody gets behind somebody and does the ghost hands, where you have to put like a bunch of money in. Like, it's exactly <laughs> like that. Yep. Uh, so they get the pick to go to this illustrious school. Which here's the the weird thing is. They're all pilots already Mm -hmm. that go to Top Gun. So they're just going there to learn how to be better fighter pilots. Right. Why don't we send all of the pilots there? Or why don't we send our worst pilots? (laughs) Like, these are the guys that are just the absolute worst. You send them to Top Gun to learn how to be better pilots, right? Right. Or is that, I'm sure there's other flight schools for that. Yeah. Well, and I think the thing is, is, you know, those guys that go to Top Gun are going to learn these things and they'll take it back to their individual carriers where they get posted and then they can pass along wisdom to other pilots as well that are coming up through the ranks. Um, But yeah, so yeah, they get to Top Gun. Um, We meet the rest of the class of Top Gun, which of course includes, as we mentioned, the worst Batman ever. Val Kilmer. Also known as Iceman. Yes. And let me tell you guys, the sexual tension between Maverick and Iceman starts right away. (laughs) This is something that I didn't really quite remember, but like the entire time that Maverick and Iceman are on screen together, you just want to just be like, oh my God, just fuck already. (laughs) Like the two of them are like so into each other. 
Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's like they they have so many scenes where they get into what is known at, in theater film as kiss or kill range Mm -hmm. where it's like you're so close to someone like face to face that this either needs to end in a kiss or the two of you trying to kill each other (laughs) (laughs) and so they end up in that situation so many times but neither one ever happens and it's so disappointing (laughs) yeah it is honestly i think there's a better film that is just about the gay love story of Maverick and Iceman. <laughs> I think it's it's because it's definitely a story. Yeah. Especially, I mean, we'll get there. You know, we'll I get think to I the can end. get into it. Um, but actually, that brings up the next point, uh, which is surprisingly, in the movie Top Gun, the gender politics are not that great. Oh no. <laughs> because not we at all. soon get introduced to Kelly McGillis, yep. who's playing Charlie Blackcourt. What's her? What, I forget what her character's last name is. Because she's it, always referred to as Charlie. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't it doesn't matter. Just like I mean, we could talk about yeah, Maverick's name is Pete Mitchell, and I think Iceman's last name is Kaczynski. Iceman's got a weird name. Yeah, I mean, but it's like, no no no, you do not need to know these people's names. You know that he is Tom Cruise is Maverick, Val Kilmer is Iceman, Kelly McGillis is Charlie. And oh, and before we should go on, we should mention that we meet the instructors. Oh, that's at right. Top Gun. Yep. And that would be Viper, played by Tom Skerritt. The one and only Tom Skerritt. Great actor, great actor. And, you know, he does a lot of good stuff in this movie. And then his uh, second-in-command, whose call sign is Jester. And that is played by the... 80s action movie legend Michael Ironside, who uh, is a great character actor from the 80s. I mean, he still does stuff now, and he's great. But, I mean, he's in so many movies, like Total Recall, and the list goes on yeah. and on. When you see Michael Ironside, if you don't recognize him, you recognize his voice for sure. This dude is like, he is the man for this. Basically, I think he was born wearing, like, a tiny army uniform because he always plays <laughs> army people in, like, everything. Unless he's Darkseid in the Justice League cartoon. Right. Because then he's, well, he's still basically a military guy. It's just that he's, like, an evil alien despot and not just, like, a general. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, so I mean, those are the other two kind of main people that we need to talk about. Yep. Um, and then that night, they go out yep. to a bar. And we get treated to the absolute worst, worst pickup scene I have ever seen in my life. Because they just start serenading poor Charlie, who's at a bar, like, drinking by herself. Waiting for her... I mean, they don't know this, but she's waiting for a date. You know, she's like, her date's not here yet, so she's getting a drink at the bar. And uh, They just start singing, you've lost that loving feeling to her. Like a large group of, of, you know, wealth in shape, you know, military men just start singing this to her. I mean, and it's like a full on musical number, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, Goose is very, like, reluctantly drawn into this, but uh, Maverick's all, all on board. Um, they get, like, through the first, like, verse and chorus of the song. and then It's they... a long time. Yeah, though. it's, it's like, honestly, just hard to sit through because yeah. you're just like, 
dude, no woman would like this. Yeah. And then uh, when confronted with all these military men singing to her, she's like, oh, and she excuses herself and goes to the bathroom. Right. Probably to get away from Tom Cruise, right? Yep. Oh, nope, because he follows her into the women's room. Yeah. And I, this is one of the things definitely on the rewatch recently, and I've noticed it a couple times over the past years when I've seen this movie, but I'm just like, wow, dude. This is not the way to go. This oh. is going straight to a restraining order. Yeah. Or you might get arrested. But then again, you know, I mean, we all know, like, the tailhook scandal was a thing in the yeah. Navy. So I am I look back at it and go, well, you know, maybe this isn't that weird for the Navy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thankfully, she does not get Ben Roethlisberger'd. Yeah. And instead, she's able to eventually, like, get out of the situation. And then the next day... Uh-oh, it turns out she is one of the instructors, and she's there to, like, be a civilian expert on yep. planes. Yep. Wow. It's just like, oh, who could have seen that coming? Yeah. One uh, fun thing to note uh, is that in that scene where when her, her date finally does arrive and um, she goes off with him, that guy is the actual real-life Viper. Mm-hmm who was at Top Gun, and he was their main consultant yep. for the film. And, and so that's a fun little bit to when you see those men give a little nice little cameo to a person who's involved with the film yeah, and he has got, that actual experience. He got the cameo, uh, Scarrett's call sign, it was his call sign, is like a tribute to him. And in fact, they changed Maverick's real-life first name to Pete because that guy's name is Peter. Right. So, like, they... They really like this guy meant a lot to the production and he got a, a nice, nice bunch of homages, which is really cool to see. So moving on, like we were saying, the next day she shows up and she is the civilian expert. She's got this high level Department of Defense clearance. Mm -hmm. And basically her first showing up is where she starts talking about this MIGs. And their capabilities and the capabilities of the F-14 Tomcats, which are the planes that the R Navy guys are flying. And so she's like talking her expert stuff. And then Maverick basically interrupts her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then proceeds to mansplain about why everything she's saying is wrong. So as, as Warwick said... Oh, the gender politics in this movie are not doing well so far. They're like, straight off the bat, like, oh, here's this woman who's an expert. Oh, nope, no, she's not. Yeah, it's just like, and you know, no wonder she falls in love with him. Right. Because she's an expert that studies these planes. And Tom Cruise is this, like, honestly pretty stupid fighter pilot. So obviously he knows so much more about these planes because he saw one up close. Like, it's yeah. it's insane to me. And then... Instead of being, I don't know, justifiably upset that he interrupted her and did all this stuff, instead she spends then the next, like, whatever hour of the film trying to get information out of him about the MiGs because she's like, well, no, if you if you saw this, then I need to know about this. And I'm just like, no, Kelly McGillis, no, stand up for yourself. Just be like, hey, I'm an expert in planes. Don't be a stupid shithead. But unfortunately, that's not what happens. This is just one of those movies where you, you know, you look back with a critical eye from the present and you're like, oh, yeah, it was a different time. <laughs> <laughs> and has it gotten better? I mean, we hope it has. And I think in a lot of ways it has. But even Hollywood, though, I mean, Hollywood's trying to be better about some things, but they don't always succeed. And yeah, this era, though, is one of those, especially in the military movies, 
which, you know, surprise. I mean, you're not, it's not that huge of a surprise, but still. So anyway, you know, Maverick, there's kind of montage continues moving on. There's a lot of training stuff happening. Um, they go on a couple test flights. Yep. Uh, Maverick does well, but he breaks a bunch of like rules of engagement. So he's, yeah. he's good, but he's, he's a hothead, you yeah. know? And one of the back things, and you get this a little bit from a scene with Maverick and Goose, is that his dad was also a fighter pilot. And mm-hmm. he um, died, We they think. He was, he was just never, he was, he's listed, I think, officially as missing in action because they don't exactly know what happened to him. It's classified. So Maverick doesn't really know what happened to his dad. He's worried that his dad maybe ran away in the right. middle of a firefight. So he kind of is really reckless to compensate for that. Yeah. And he thinks that his dad caused, had some transgressions while he was a pilot, you know, so Maverick wants to prove that he's the best and do it, yeah. you know. And, and that he's not like his dad. He yeah. doesn't want to be labeled as somebody who's going to run away from a fight or not take whatever risk necessary yeah. to be the best. And to be honest, he's a great pilot. You know, he is. He's, he's a great probably, pilot. He's probably is the best pilot there, but his recklessness costs him points because it's definitely a point system as when yep. they have their dog fights and everything so also he's just a huge dick for almost no reason yeah. like there's just some poor like hapless guy that oversees the runway all he wants to do is drink his coffee and maverick keeps buzzing by at high speed so he spills it all over himself and i'm like that's not really that's not brewing you're the best that's just you have this a personal vendetta against this one guy and his desires to be caffeinated um, yeah. So, yeah, so Maverick's, you know, recklessness and, and everything kind of draws a lot of negative attention to him, but it draws a lot of positive attention from Kelly McGillis because she falls hard for our boy Maverick. Yep. And basically she uh, has, there's some scenes where, you know, she'll like talk about him and criticize him, but later she's like, no, I, I just had to do that because I didn't want anyone to know my feelings for you. And so they start to have a relationship, but they got to keep it on the down low. Yep. But there's lots of weird kissing, though, because oh. they have these like weird giant open mouth kisses where it looks like two fish like trying <laughs> to like, That love scene. I mean, I, you know, I, I have to like take a moment and just say that I'm glad that I was young enough that this was nowhere near my figuring out of like, oh, how to kiss a lady, you know, because this was before I really was started to think about those things. Yep. So by the time I got to that age where I was, you know, starting to experiment with girls and hang out and all that stuff that I did not have a formative look back or I wasn't watching Top Gun at that time and going, oh, yeah, I need to take notes on this. Yeah. So they really <laughs> like it when you just like lick their lips, just, right? Like just just lick around their mouth because I'm telling you guys, if you go back and watch this love scene, it's disturbing. It is incredibly disturbing. And in <laughs> fact, like, you know, there's always been rumors that, Oh, like Tom Cruise is gay or whatever. I don't necessarily buy those rumors, but watching Top Gun and watching this love scene, I'm like, well, maybe, I mean, maybe he is. Or he it's just possible. doesn't know how to kiss. Like right. at this, I, I mean, and I don't know how he got this far. Like he did risky business or who knows? Maybe it's Tony Scott. Maybe he was like, no, no, no. Kiss her like this. <laughs> Tony Scott has a weird open mouth fetish or yeah. whatever. There's just a lot of, there's a lot of Not to speak ill of the dead, of course. Tony right, Scott. Right. We hey, love your movies. If he's, a, if he's into that, that's cool with exactly. me. Exactly. 
Um, but the funny thing is, so the love scene, uh, it's filmed in this weird, like, blue, like, splash, like, filter, basically, over the whole thing. Uh, apparently, they did test viewings of Top Gun, and the the audience feedback was they really wanted a love scene. They wanted something with Charlie and Maverick, so they had to go back and film it in later. Well, Kelly McGillis had already dyed her hair brown or black for another movie, so they were like, oh, that's no problem. We'll just put a blue filter on it so you can't tell that her hair is a completely different color. <laughs> and, like, Tom Cruise's, like, hair had grown out a little bit then, and they are like, oh, it's fine. So, like... That's why it's so like it's it's so dark. Everything is blue uh, because it was filmed like six months later, uh, which I thought was absolutely hysterical. Oh, and, and another thing to I mean, I'm sure a lot of you out there listening know this, but Tom Cruise is not a large man. <laughs> no, he is not. And so this is definitely one of those first instances where he is playing against a woman who is definitely probably three inches taller than him. And I'd say for a significant part of the movie, she's wearing some heels. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, she's like 5'10", and Tom Cruise, I don't know, like the internet says he's 5'7". I see movies, and I'm kind of like, I think he might even be smaller. (laughs) I'm not sure. He is at most 5'7". Right, exactly. Yeah. And so, I mean, he's definitely wearing some lifts, Possibly standing on some orange crates. <laughs> yeah, he's standing on a box they maybe of apples. Dug some trenches whenever they were filming outside, and he was walking <laughs> next to people for those people to walk in. Yep, it's it's one of those where you like the two of them together, and you're like, oh, she, she must be real tall, and you're like, wait, no, Tom Cruise is just not. But what's nice, though, is because they finally get together, and then we get an appearance by America's sweetheart, Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan plays Goose's wife, and basically she just shows up to foreshadow Goose's death. Like, that's basically (laughs) her entire role. Yeah, well, and to be the, you know, mother of his child who's also, has, like, no filter. Oh, yeah. Like, she's just, like, screaming out sexual things and, like, making innuendos in the middle of restaurants where children are present. (laughs) They're in, like, a family restaurant. She basically yells out for Goose to, like, take her home and fuck her or something. And I'm just like, your kid's right there, Meg Ryan. Yeah, I mean, your children are there. There are other children here, too. Also, this is in... It's in Southern California, right? Yeah, Miramar, yeah. Miramar? Everyone is always sweaty all the time. Like, yeah. everyone is so sweaty. Like, nothing is air-conditioned in this area, apparently. Uh, because everyone is constantly, like, just dripping in sweat. And it's just like, it's not that hot there. Yeah. Like, you're not, not in, always. like, the Sudan or something. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. Well, I mean, and it's not just there. It's the scenes <clears throat> where they're on the aircraft carrier. It's the scenes at Top Gun when they're in class. You know, it, they're either... They're always wet it's like either sweat or there's multiple scenes in top gun where they've like just gotten done flying so they get out of their flight suits and they've showered and they're wrapped in towels there's also you know at least one if not more scenes where it's like just a bunch of topless dudes in towels yeah uh well a lot of those a lot of those very close maverick iceman confrontations they're both in towels in the locker room and i'm like guys you are not helping your case out (laughs) yeah i mean by the end of the movie, I mean, yeah, you could you could definitely say make the argument that oh yes, this is a love story between Maverick and Charlie. But I don't know, man. There is definitely a reading of this film that it is a love story yep. between Iceman and Maverick. And oh, just real quick to go back, one thing with Meg Ryan, 
I mean, this is it's like her third film. Oh, really? So oh. this is early, early Meg Ryan. And that's one of those things, too, when I go back and watch this movie, when I see her, I'm like, oh, wow, this is way before you became the enormous star that she yep. goes on to be. Before she met up with Tom Hanks <laughs> and uh, Billy Crystal and started churning out big hits. Yep. Um but so after it's so after the the Meg Ryan stuff though we get something that I didn't think was possible but the movie becomes so so gay all of a sudden and I don't mean that in a bad way it's just something that happens because we get to the volleyball scene yes oh the volleyball scene and I mean it's so hard for me to watch this and go did they not think that this was homoerotic, you know, because I, I just can't envision how, like for me, when I saw this, when I was a kid, sure. I mean, I was eight, you know, so I, at that point really, you know, like sexual thoughts and feelings aren't really starting to happen yet. Sure. So for me, it was just a scene and there's like music and they're playing volleyball. I'm like, all right, whatever. But when I, by the time I was in my teens and saw this, I was just like, Wow, that's a lot of close-ups on sweaty, shirtless dudes. It's a lot of close-ups on sweaty, shirtless guys with abs, like, hanging, like, abs rocked out. And they're all playing volleyball in jeans. That's the part that, like, I just couldn't quite get over. I was like, (laughs) how do you play beach? They're so restrictive. How do you play beach volleyball in (laughs) jeans? And so, like, that was the, and everybody looks like they're all, like, super oiled up and stuff, too. Um, you know, and so you, you kind of, I mean, you could make like, the argument that this is for the women who are seeing the movie. Sure. And you could make, I mean, that, you could make that argument. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's not a, it's, it's not right. But cause I wonder how many guys, I wonder how many people discovered that they were homosexual watching Top Gun. I mean, and that's great because that should happen. Like, you know, it's one of those sexual awakening scenes, I think, with the volleyball scene. <laughs> yeah. And, you know. Well, it doesn't help the fact that you've got uh, Kenny Loggins. Oh, yeah. A Kenny Loggins song in the background. Also, playing with the boys. Playing with the boys. And it's just like, guys, guys, really? Are, are, okay. All right. I mean, this is manly men having fun. Yeah. You know, manly, manly men having manly fun. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's hilarious. And, uh you kind of think that they knew on some level. I think they had to know on some level. I feel level. like you had to know on some level. And I mean, like, and I think that's, I think that's cool. Yeah, I think exactly. it's great that they were just like, well, if that's the reading of this scene, then like, that's the reading of the scene. Like they don't, they don't like try and like make it super, you know, like they don't try and take it the other way where there's like just a bunch of like bikini babes that like run up or whatever. Yeah. Instead, they're just like, if that's the reading of the scene, that's the reading of the scene. Like they, the, but they wanted to keep it like as is, and it's instead it becomes like this very like intense showdown with Maverick and Iceman yeah. again. And I will say, you know, for all of our talk about the gender politics of Top Gun not being mm-hmm. the best, Ooh. I will say even even the love scene. But I mean, partially that is because, like we said, they shot with the blue filter because like her hair was a different color. Yep. But even then, it's like all silhouettes. You can kind of you can see the outline of her body, but nothing is explicit. Yep. And I'm pretty sure there are like n- almost no scantily clad w- women. No. In this movie, 
which foreign action film from the mid 80s is pretty rare yeah this is the period in time where uh every action film had to have gratuitous nudity yep and at some point like they all had just like just a suddenly a pair of tits like you just had to work it in somehow yeah well and i think too that you know, I mean, that was back when PG-13 movies even would have some, like, a topless woman showing up somewhere because, like, PG-13 allows you to have, like, a scene where there could be a topless woman as long as it's not in a sexual reference. Right. You know, if it's just like, oh, someone gets surprised while they're changing, you know, mm-hmm. you can say, you can have some bare breasts. Uh, it's kind of like they could say fuck once right. in a PG-13 movie. And I think that's still the same. And I think the nudity thing is still the same in this day for PG-13. Just no one does it anymore right. because they don't do even want to run the risk yeah. of parents being like, oh, my God, there were bare breasts. We can't take our children. Won't someone think of the children? Yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> like, you can show Wolverine stabbing dudes in the face to your heart's content in X-Men movies. No blood, like, though. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, no blood. Um, you know, but it's like as soon as like a pair of boobs come out, everybody flips out. It's like, ah, oh, this is a comic movie yeah i don't know that's fine that's but anyway the the volleyball scene it's a fun time yeah it's playing with the boys playing with the boys uh that's not the only kenny Loggins song because we haven't talked about this yet um because the song that everybody thinks about which is danger zone oh yeah has been played uh it, it plays throughout all throughout top gun we counted four and one half times yep uh, the one half comes in because there was a scene that was basically an instrumental version of yeah. Danger Zone uh, over a montage. We weren't quite sure if that counted, but they uh, but they were able to find four separate times where they could play just like long chunks of Danger Zone. This movie kind of feels like a musical sometimes yep. in that, but there's only like two songs they play all the time because surprisingly, "Take My Breath Away" was played five times yep so take my brother away is played more times than danger zone but still that's a lot of times Mm -hmm. for one song to be played in a movie like over and over and over again yeah and take my breath away is the scene the music that plays during the love scene Mm -hmm. and but it the love scene i don't think is the first time it makes its appearance no it's like any time that like maverick and charlie get like close and like intimate they start playing take my breath away yeah so like it's one of those like music cues and stuff yeah and i mean and basically we don't get always a lot of it but we just always get that boom 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 oh yeah and like it gets stuck in your head like after we watched the movie i was just like i gotta take my breath away stuck in my head for like yep. three days oh man this movie definitely has has a couple good earworms between Danger Zone and Take oh, My yeah. Breath Away. It's true. <clears throat> Another um, thing we kept count of oh, yeah. is the number of times that someone says, God damn it, Maverick. God damn it, Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> and this is at least uh, six times. Yeah. I mean, we didn't. it didn't always have to be like, God damn it, Maverick. But it basically was like, anytime Maverick did something and then somebody was like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Basically, it was any time that Maverick caused someone to yell, like, in anger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is six, which honestly is surprisingly low. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought it would be higher, especially because he caught, makes that poor guy spill his coffee twice. So that guy counted for two of them. But yeah, so after the volleyball scene, though, we get the most intense part, which is that they go on another training mission. But this time, not all of them make it back. Yeah, this, it's tough. It's a tough one. This was, I mean, I remember this when I was a kid, you know, I mean, it was like, 
Because you get to like Anthony Edwards as mm-hmm. Peter Stoutham, because he is definitely the comic relief. Uh, I mean, he's basically there to be funny and then die to motivate Maverick. I'll actually say this. I think Goose should have been the hero of this movie because Goose is, not only is he a family man, but he's a nice person. He wants to be a pilot. He wants to be the very best. He does everything that he can to keep Maverick in line. Maverick is this like crazy out of control dude and Goose is there backing him up, trying to talk him down. Like, Goose is just a great friend, and Goose should have lived. Mm-hmm. Fucking Maverick should have died. Yeah. Because fuck that guy. <laughs> He's yeah. a huge dick. And then not only does Goose die, but Goose dies in, like, the, like, weirdest, worst way. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, like, they're in one of the training exercises. Him and Iceman. Yep. And they're, um, I think they're after Jester, I think. I think it's Jester. I it's either it's, Jester or Viper. It doesn't really it's matter. It's Jester or Viper, but regardless. Yeah, and Maverick is Iceman's wingman for this one, so he's kind of backing him up. And Iceman has engaged, so he's like behind Jester. He's ready to shoot, but he just can't take the shot. He doesn't have a good shot, and he just takes too long. And eventually, he Maverick's like, come on, I can take the shot. Get out of there. Get out of there. Yep. And finally, Iceman realizes he's not going to maybe be able, be able to do it, so he does pull out. And as he pulls out... Basically, he gets in the jet wash. Yeah, Maverick, Maverick gets does, stuck in Iceman's jet and wash. And it causes his engines to flame out and yeah. it goes into a flat spin, which if you know anything about piloting, that is the absolute kind of worst thing that can happen to you if you're a pilot is going into a flat spin because it's really hard to get out of. Yeah. And, and his um, engines were, Maverick's engines were dead at this yeah. point, so you can't really recover from that. Mm-hmm. And so they decide to eject and they do, but because of the flat spin and the jet's not traveling in a normal fashion the canopy doesn't clear mm-hmm. so goose just rams head first. head first into it dies like instantly yeah i mean they end up in the water because you know like, like we said they're in california and yep. they do a lot of this out over the ocean and um <clears throat> so they end up in the water and you can tell right away i mean in the, in the movie it's actually not clear you're not sure when they're floating you're like oh he could just be unconscious he just right. might be hurt really bad oh, no, but then when they show the like the frogmen who come from the rescue helicopter who dive into the water and get them both out, yep. um, it's like they show them like winching his lifeless corpse <laughs> out of the water, Body and just you're like dangling. It's, yeah, like, it's like, oh <laughs> man, it's and like you're watching it too, and you're like, I kind of hope he is dead because if he's hurt, like this is like if he should he's be on the backboard. Hurt, like, <laughs> yeah, they basically just pull him out of there like he's garbage. <laughs> and I'm just like, come on, guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is like massive shot to Maverick's confidence yep. because, I mean, he's officially cleared of any wrongdoing by an investigative board because right. they were like, you were in a flat spin. It was a jet wash. You can't. Jet wash is nothing you can see. It's totally invisible. So yep. he didn't know he flew into Maverick it. was being... Um... You know, Maverick was being aggressive, but he wasn't in the wrong, and he didn't. He wasn't like he he didn't do any. He didn't screw up, but Maverick still blames himself. Yeah. So he gets cleared by not only the panel, but also Meg Ryan is like, I love flying with you. Yeah. I just gotta twist that knife. Just gotta twist that knife, and but it's like, but she's like, no, it's okay, you know, yeah. like kind of thing. Um, but still, Maverick's too shaken up, and so not even a pep talk from Tom Skerritt can keep him in the program. Well, no, I mean the the pep talk from Tom Skerritt. I feel like it does 
get him... Well, it gets him to come back. It gets him to come back because he does graduate. Yeah. He doesn't end up being the top. Iceman is the top. And, I mean, it's it's the... Uh... <laughs> Iceman's the top, and then Maverick is the is That the was power completely bottom. unintentional, but, hey, maybe it works. Maybe. <laughs> no, but um, it's the, like, I think even Charlie, he doesn't really respond to when she tries to talk to him yeah. and tries to tell him what's going on because she's gotten this thing where she gets a like a really great job in washington right and she's gonna go she's work like, for the I'm gonna department go of defense well, i mean she already does but it's like an oh, even yeah. better job yeah, yeah. yeah and she's uh yeah and she's basically like well i'm gonna take this opportunity and there's kind of that moment between them where it's like well then this is just a thing and it's over and he's like yeah you go your way i'll go mine and so that's kind of where they leave things yeah <clears throat> Um, I will say this, the pep talk with Tom Skerritt is where we find out that Maverick's dad wasn't a deserter yep. and got shot down from friendly fire, right? No, it was just like he he gets shot down by the enemy, but he saved like a bunch of other pilots. Yeah. Like he was a really good pilot and he, you and know, he was, basically he was saved a bunch of guys because he was so good and shot down the enemy yep. planes. And like Viper was like I was there, like I was a part of that mission, so I saw what happened. I know that your father was a hero. Yeah, but it's and, classified, yeah. so no one can know about it. Because he's basically got that whole speech where he's like, "And if anybody asks you, I didn't tell you this, and if you know, if anybody says anything, I will deny knowing anything about this." You know, and he basically lays it out for him, and yeah. those are his choices. He's like, "You know, you can go. You don't have to stay and graduate with your class. You can just go back to just being a pilot." No one's going to think less of you. That would have shaken up any pilot. <clears throat> or you can stay and graduate and finish it out. And Maverick, you know, I think he really takes that to heart because he does stick around and he yep. shows up. He like, shows up for graduation. The at the, it's like, he, I don't think he's there for maybe the actual ceremony, but there's like an after party that he comes up and shows and he, he congratulates Iceman. He's like, you know, he can, I'll be the bigger man and say that, you know, good job. But so right during their celebration, though, they get uh, sudden emergency orders. There is some sort of tense situation back in the Indian Ocean. Yep. And so they go back to the uh, the Enterprise yep. because that's the only aircraft carrier out right. there. So all of the all of the characters are reunited with the principal from Back to the Future. Yep. <laughs> Uh, who got called back from uh, Sudden Valley, or no, what's the town in, whatever the town in Miramar Back to the Future is. Oh, Back to the Future. Back oh, to the Future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's finally, gets, he gets called back from Hill Valley. Hill yes, Valley. Hill Valley. <laughs> uh, and so he goes back to the ship, too. Um, and then there's Migs and the dogfights. Yep. So, yeah, basically they um, send out uh, Maverick, or they send out Iceman first. They send out Iceman first. Maverick's like kept in reserve. He's kind of the backup yep. because they're like, oh, we don't know. He's, you know, he's had these issues. Yeah. And uh, so they send out uh, Iceman. And Iceman quickly gets in trouble. Like over his head because I think at this point there are six total MIGs, I believe, yeah. that there were. There's there was a lot like, of MIGs. There was a lot. Yeah. And he's basically like, Four on one <laughs> yep. at one point, and he's just trying to stay alive. So they send Maverick out there, and there's missiles, jets exploding, all sorts of fun stuff. Like four MIGs blow up, yeah. and then like the rest finally like break off and fly yeah. away. But I'm still, I'm just like, that's four Russian planes that you shot down. Yeah. But we do have, we gotta, we gotta talk about the moments that happen where 
uh, Maverick needs to engage and get in the fight, and he's he can't. He's like, he's oh yeah, freaking out. That's right. And Iceman's like, get in there, get in there, get in there. They're gonna kill me. They're gonna kill me. You know. And he just like he's like, I can't, I can't. And he kind of bugs out a little bit. And his like co-pilot at this point is like, what are you doing? We gotta get in there. You gotta save him. And then he's saved Goose's dog tags though. Oh yeah. And yeah. he's got that heroic moment where he, he just like. Him. Talk to me, Goose. Talk to me, Goose. <laughs> it takes so long that there's no way that he's not like, all right, Goose, we're going to do this. And he looks back over, and Val Kilmer's plane is a smoldering wreckage in, like, the Indian Ocean, and the MiGs are long gone. Like, he takes forever right, exactly. to decide. He's like, okay, I'm going to save Val Kilmer's life. And meanwhile, Val Kilmer's like, you fucking dick! <laughs> God damn it! Lana! Lana! Danger zone! Um... Yeah, and so Maverick's like, yeah, I can do this, and then saves the day and blows up Minx and starts World War Three. I assume. Like, that it's just, like, a giant international incident. Unless this just happened all the time. It's like, ow, oh. the Russians are like, ah, eh, they blew up a couple more of our Migs. That's cool. That happens. Yeah, well, I mean, that's one of the, I mean, that's another thing, yeah. When we watched this again, I was like, you know, if this had ever really happened, this is a world war. Yeah. You know, this was, like, an actual literal engagement where pilots died and you know barring whatever conspiracy theorists want to talk about like oh yeah maybe we killed some of the russians agents and they killed some of ours in the cold war like cia kgb sure. whatever That's all secrets swept on the rug whatever you know, but i mean there were never actual military engagements right. between the soviet union and the united states where soldiers went and fought each other and killed each other if that had happened we probably would have gone to war this is like an actual on-the-books military yes. engagement that would be impossible to cover up. And it's over international waters, yeah. too. So it isn't even like they're over American airspace or anything like that. Yeah. No, no, no. This is straight-up international waters, and they're just <laughs> dogfighting it yeah. out. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, so everything's successful. They get back to the plane, and... There's this, like, everybody's cheering. The deck crew is all out there. They're like, yeah, we blew up those Russians. Woo! <laughs> and um, so, like, you know, Iceman and Maverick get out of the planes. And there's the tense moment of Iceman's finally like, you can fly on my wing anytime. Yeah. <laughs> and they finally are friends. And they hug. And they, and they hug. hug. They're best friends Sadly, now. Sadly, they don't kiss. They don't kiss. And then, uh, <laughs> of course, the principal's like, McFly, you can have your pick of anywhere you want to go. Any place you want to fly. What do you want to do? And uh, Maverick decides he's like, you know what? I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to Top Gun and I'm gonna teach. Yep. Who the fuck would hire Maverick to teach anything? I know. Anything. The, this guy, the one guy who the thing he's most famous for is breaking all the fucking rules. He wasn't even the he didn't even win the award for being the best pilot. Yeah. Iceman did. Like, why would you hire Maverick to do it? Is this like a those who can't teach thing? Because I'm like, I don't think that's how it works when you're like the the flight school for the best yeah. of the best. Yeah. I mean, but you know, I, but then he gets the consolation prize, right. of course, and that I, Kelly I, McGillis comes back. That's right. They they go back to the one restaurant slash bar that's yep. in town. Mm -hmm. uh, we get one more, um, you've lost that loving feeling. Yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, played on the jukebox this yep, time. Yep. So not horribly sung oh, by, uh, by Goose and Maverick and the black guy from Die Hard. Right. And yeah, everybody else. But yeah, so... Um, other, you know, so I mean, that's that's Top Gun. That yeah. is Gwen? Gwen? Top that Gun. That is <laughs> Top Gun. 
Um, so what's so then we come down to the big question, yeah, which of course is the final verdict: Does Top Gun still hold up? For me, I would say yes, because especially when you look at it as an artifact of the era. I mean, I I still really enjoy it because, like I said, my dad was a pilot. And because of that and because of the things he was interested in when I was a kid, I also have a soft spot for movies that are about, you know, aviation and fighter pilots and things like that. Oh, yeah. And so it's still very enjoyable for me. I think I definitely have different appreciation of it now. There are definitely things that are much more comedic now for me (laughs) than they were when I was watching it as a kid. (laughs) And... um, yeah, and looking back at it with that critical eye of like, hmm, you know, it's good that we've kind of maybe evolved at least a little bit as people in the way characters can be portrayed, especially for women. It's yep. like, all right, you know, the gender politics of this were not good. But, you know, it's it's a it's a relic of its time, you know, and that's one thing I, I'm always not a big fan of is I don't want to revise history. I want right. to be able to look at it and say, yeah, things were different then, but also they were kind of crappy. Yep. And so not always the best. But, yeah, I think for me, I still enjoy it. You know, it's still one of those that I'm maybe not necessarily going to choose it to watch. But if I happen across it, there's a good chance I'm going to watch the rest of it yep. because it's one of those things that it just like it brings back that feeling of oh yeah this is childhood this is a good time these are good times i remember watching this with my dad and things like that so it's definitely still a good movie for me you have not lost that love and feeling for i have top not gun. i have not um yeah you know for me actually i will i think that top gun is a very good movie yeah. um and i definitely think that it still holds up uh gender politics aside um and i, and I mean i don't mean to be like oh you can just ignore it but what I mean is, you know, you take it for what it is, like you said, you know, it, it is very much a movie of its time. Um, and I mean, that said, you know, uh, Charlie and Meg Ryan both like it doesn't quite pass the Bechtel test. Oh, not at all. But at least they have <laughs> scenes together. They have their own kind of personalities. Um, there are some positives to it. Uh, there's also a lot of negatives. Um, in terms of just in terms of gender politics, uh, as a film itself, though, I feel like Top Gun is it's very well made. Um, the direction is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the effects work is great because a lot of the dogfighting scene was actually done by miniatures, mm-hmm. and uh, the miniatures were so convincing that the the Air Force actually kind of investigated a little bit because they were like, well, you know, we only we said you could only have you know two missile fires that you could film. And so they like looked into the, and be like, it looks like you've got a bunch more missile fires on here. And they're like, no, 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 it's miniatures. So like <laughs> the miniatures were so good that it yeah. tricked the Air Force into thinking that that it was real dogfights. Um, so, I mean, like, so the effects still hold up very well. Um, and I think as a whole, the film itself uh, works great. Um, it's incredibly interesting to me, though, because and this is something that we haven't talked about. Um Looking at it from, like, the the Michael Bay school of movies where it's, like, all patriotism and, like, waving Mm -hmm. flags and things blowing up, like, this is really, like, ahead of its time. Yeah. Like, I mean it when I say, like, Top Gun was the sexual awakening of Michael Bay because he saw this movie and he was just like, yes, that's what I want to do. I mean, oh, like, 
boner the whole time. Oh yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's all just like if it's not if it's not American flags waving in the background, it's like guys driving motorcycles and then flying like you know uh, fighter jets super fast, and then there's explosions. Like t- this is Mike. This is what Michael Bay watches when he has Michael Bay time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and and I think too that I mean Tony Scott. I mean when I think about Top Gun, I really think. You know, it really is one of those movies. There's other movies in the 80s you could definitely say are part of this, but it's definitely one of the ones that I think is the genesis of what we've gotten from, you know, people like Michael Bay in the modern era, like yep. the the Transformers movies, which yeah. those movies, especially like the first one, I mean, all of them, but especially I've seen the first one more than I've seen others because I own it, but... Um, they're straight up military porn. Right. You know, I mean, there are so many scenes of just military vehicles doing their thing and, you know, and all that stuff. So. Yeah. In in a movie about giant robots, there's a lot of like shots of military dudes running around doing military stuff and like, you know, driving, you know, driving trucks and planes and shooting guns and stuff. Yeah. Like, and that is a a kind of subset, I guess you could say of the military action movie, you know, and, and top gun is of course the one that you think of, especially for the air force. Um, well, the Navy in this movie, but uh, right. Sorry. Navy. Um, yeah, we don't insult the Navy. We don't insult the Navy. That's you're right. They protect Uh, our seats. Um, yeah, but so like, you know, especially for the Navy, top gun is like the military action movie. Yeah. You know, um, I think that one of the big first ones I'd say in the modern era. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. So like, I think in that, in that regard, it definitely holds up. Watch it, get in some, play some, play some volleyball afterwards. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, just stuff. have a good time. A couple other fun things about this movie, you know, I think, you know, some things we found out, uh, that Tony Scott was actually fired three times from this movie. Yeah. During the production of it <laughs> in one time he got fired, uh, like while he was like editing the movie and then eventually like they let him come back to, to finish editing the film if he like made the changes that they wanted. <laughs> so, which was pretty crazy. Um, a lot of the tension between Maverick and Iceman was real <laughs> because Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise apparently did not get along at all like during the filming of it um kilmer even refused to participate in a charity beach volleyball game with tom cruise (laughs) on the grounds that tom cruise was dangerous which i think is like something he says about maverick during the movie yeah oh no he basically does he's like says that he doesn't want to fly with him because he's dangerous yeah and uh rumors are that kilmer was supposed to have knocked out cruise during (laughs) in a fist fight they had got into during filming oh man that's crazy to me yeah well i mean it's like i said kiss or kill yep <laughs> when you're that close it's one of the two is gonna happen they got into it. And, and i mean i wonder how much of that was actual honest feelings or i don't know as much about val kilmer but if he's one of those actors who's very method and be like gets into his roles and he's like i'm supposed to hate this guy so i'm gonna hate this guy <laughs> Val Kilmer seems like one of those guys, but also from the stories from, like, Island of Dr. Moreau, Val Kilmer <laughs> sounds like he's kind of a dick, so it's, it's entirely possible that it's oh, kind that of a college of the two. Um, that one might be one we'll have to do at some point, because that movie, <laughs> I can already tell you now, I'm going to say it's bad. It's, that's just a terrible film. <laughs> um, then the last thing that I actually want to point out, so uh, riding on the back of the film's success, the Navy set up recruiting booths in like major cinemas to try and catch some of the the guys coming out of Top Gun 
They had the highest application rate in years as the result of this. So it worked. They'd have like Navy booths like right in the lobby after the movie. And people were like, yeah, I want to join the Navy. And like they had a huge surge because of it. So I mean, like, hey, hats off to them. Yeah. Well, I mean, it it goes to show. I mean, that's something they talk about with uh, a lot of, you know, first person shooters and stuff like that nowadays. Mm, that Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Well, I remember being at a comic book convention and there was a like a whole section where there were computers or I don't know if it was computers or it was like PlayStations or whatever. This was like maybe five, six years ago set up and it was an army thing. And it wasn't any specific, like, major release game, but it was like the Army had had a game company develop a first-person shooter just for the Army. Ah. And it was like, hey, here's this game you can play. And there were dudes over there playing, and I'm like, you know, that's actually really smart and kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that. yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a smart way to do it. I, could, uh, I definitely could see that working out. Hopefully everyone enjoyed this, our first episode. That's right. So um, if you like it, um, please let us know. Yeah. And, and you can follow me on Twitter at Warwick underscore Johnson. And I am David W.M. Kelch, K-E-L-C-H, all one word together at Twitter. Yeah. And um, So follow us on Twitter. Let us know what you think. And I hope you tune in for the next time. Yes. And next time on Cinemastalgia, we will be talking about that great action flick from the 90s, Demolition Man. Phoenix! Cinemastalgia is produced by Dave Kelch and Warwick Johnson. You can find us on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. If you liked the episode, please subscribe, rate, and review. Our theme was written and performed by Andy Berlin and mixed and mastered by Peter Carparelli. For more info about the show, please visit cinemastalgia.com.